1: To get started visit plushcare.com weightloss weight loss That's plushcare.com weightloss weight loss
2: Now the changing of the laws in relation to the selling of alcohol in Northern Ireland There's a consultation period that's running from the 22nd of March through until the 3rd of May And Hospitality Ulster obviously will be contributing Colin Neal is one of their senior representatives uh, Colin good morning Good morning Frank. Uh, Colin just for people who aren't familiar with this tell us what this consultation period is for. Consultation
3: period is about creating the powers uh, giving the powers really to the department or a minister to vary the and laws for special events the like of the open uh, the like of MTV what was came before very limited number I believe now, there's Very little detail in the consultation, Um, but it's around those sort of almost global events that come to Northern Ireland.
2: So the 148th Open at Royal Port Rush is coming and there's a suggestion there'll be big food shows on around it and people who have alcohol to sell can't sell it at the the food show, is that right? Or is, Is that what the law says at the moment? Well,
3: there's two elements to this now. I mean, one, you have the corporate hospitality around these big events that if the licensing laws on the days that you know, are restrictive when they're here and then you have issues about local producers uh, selling their products and stuff uh, at, at big international shows. So, I mean, the basis of, of the bill is to address those um, and whilst we're supportive of the bill we're not supportive of the way it's being done. So ideally, what would
2: you like to see?
3: Well, I mean, I think it's important to say we recognize the importance of these international events and recognize that people like a a glass of wine or a a, a beer or something while the watchman and the opportunity to sell our local produced products. What we're really annoyed about is there was a bill going through the Assembly that was addressing a lot of anomalies and outdated bits of our licensing laws. And they've cherry-picked and they're only, you know, they're going with this because it's, you know, the, the rich, the wealthy and all that, ignoring all the the rank-and-file people, all the small businesses who pay their rates every year. The Open's maybe worth 80 million this year. My guys pay far more every year and they contribute 1.2 billion to the Northern Ireland economy every year.
2: But do you think people coming to the Open are going to notice that there's some restriction somewhere on alcohol? Surely alcohol in Northern Ireland is, is free at every corner. It's, avail- it's av- available it's at every corner.
3: Well, yeah. In terms of carryouts, generally, yes, you know. Um, but you know, you can go into a supermarket and get alcohol at eight am. In the in the pub and restaurant sector, not so much. Very lot of heavy restrictions. And indeed, mean think like they open maybe want to start their corporate hospitality early in the morning, um, you know, champagne breakfast or whatever. And um, and those w- those wouldn't be allowed in those circumstances. But I think it has to be done, Frank. In that it can't just be done for the, for the wealthy golfers. We have to see where special license categories extend under the towns around the, the event, so all the money's not just sucked up by the big event. And indeed, it is really unfair to put a bill in here that only deals with one part of of, of the issue. Because it's the really wealthy people coming to watch a really world-famous golfing match, we have to address the other issues at the same time.
2: Okay, do stay with me, uh, Colin, please. Jim Wells from the DUP often speaks about alcohol and availability of same and licensing. And he's on the line. Uh, Jim, good morning. Good morning Frank. Uh, Jim, some very strong points made there by Colin with regards to flexibility and whether it's a champagne breakfast or indeed sampling beer over a farmer's breakfast, should we not have the ability to do that without having to go through the possibility of breaking the laws here?
4: Well, first of all, I do agree with Colin that um, doing it piecemeal is totally wrong. I think we do need a fundamental review of licensing and alcohol availability in Northern Ireland. But I would take it from a different tack. I think we need to look at greater controls. Um, last year, 320 people in Northern Ireland died as a direct result of alcohol abuse. Now, that's five times more than those who died in traffic accidents. It's an appalling situation. 80% of those who present themselves for any treatment after 11 pm at Lightner hospitals, are under the influence of alcohol. It causes numerous um, accidents, uh, fights. Uh, our town centres are sometimes, like Beirut, uh, at night, with with all of what's going on and antisocial behaviour. So I mean, the problem is, if you make alcohol more available and cheaper, you inevitably store up a lot of social problems. So I think we need to have a much wider debate and look at how we control alcohol and. I don't like uh, the way the government are going about it. I think it requires scrutiny by the Assembly when it gets back. I think it's a long-term issue that has to be looked at very, very carefully because the reality is, Frank, we're selling alcohol cheaper than bottled water in our supermarkets, and that's causing huge social problems. And, you know, this is is not a a nil-sum game. We have to get out there and deal with the chronic problem we have with alcohol abuse.
2: But is the real issue then... Between you and retail, between you and the, the supermarkets who are selling it in many ways as a, as a, loss, as a loss leader, as opposed to yeah. you and the hospitality industry.
4: Well, first of all, I think we will have to watch very carefully what's happening in Australia and Scotland, where they've introduced minimum pricing. And I think Colin and myself would be agreed on this that if, if we're selling high strength lager for, for sort of 40, 50p a tin, and young people can bat in, in, in huge quantities and get drunk before they even go out for the night, that's doing no service to our hospitality industry whatsoever. And we, we need to look at this problem because it, it is one that's afflicting all parts of society. Now, coming to the Gulf I mean, I, I think it's brilliant news that the British Open has come to Northern That's fantastic. I know that Arling Foster played a major role in that, but that event has been sold out months ago. So people are not being deterred one iota by about the licensing laws. They're there to see the golf, and quite rightly so. Yes, but be, it,
2: but there was one example used there by Colin Neal of extending the special license from the tented village that has the champagne breakfast out to the likes of Russian and Port Stewart, where the, the local people could put on their own events early in the morning and indeed there could be alcohol on sale at unusual times. Is that not a good idea to add to the atmosphere?
4: The difficulty is, Frank, the British Open is a a one-off, but I mean, there are many sporting events in Northern Ireland where you could make the same argument. You could make it, for instance, for a a GA county match or for a a rugby match or something else like that, some major event, and we want to attract more and more of these uh, amazing events to Northern Ireland, but I think we shouldn't have a knee-jerk reaction. We should be thinking long and hard, what is our relationship in Northern Ireland with alcohol? Is it healthy? It's certainly not. Is it damaging to our economy and to the health of our nation most certainly is. And we need to think, what do we do to try and bring this problem under control? And it's not really Collins' members who are the culprit here. I mean, they tend to be reasonably responsible. But we we, have certainly let the, the genie out of the bottle as far as availability is concerned. And I think if this is sending out the wrong signal, we have a massively important event, so therefore we make alcohol more freely available. No, we have a massively important event we do all we can to facilitate it, and we look at our long-term relationship with
2: alcohol. I suppose, Colin Neil, you would agree with some of what uh, Jim Wells is saying.
3: Uh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, we've seen alcohol turn into a commodity, and we recognise alcohol as a controlled substance. That's why it's sold under license with regulations. I mean, if you look at Northern Ireland, I mean, some of 6% of the population drink 44% of the alcohol. That, they're not drinking that in their pubs or restaurants or hotels. That's that, as Jim says, that the cheapest chips, alcohol bought in bulk uh, and consumed at home, you know, causing all sorts of problems, domestic violence, and all links to that. I think mean the, the 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 alterations we're looking for across the board are modernisation, not deregulation, and it's actually to help us encourage people away from that drinking at home culture and preloading culture into a place where somebody will say, I'm sorry, you'd have enough time to go home.
2: Okay, Colin Neil, uh, Jim Wales, thank you very much indeed. The consultation period, as I say, uh, from the department with um, the uh, spotlight being on it is from the 22nd of March to the 3rd of May. That's the 22nd of March to the 3rd of May. If you want to go on and uh, check it out, you'll see it up there on the Department of Communities uh, website. Right, uh, good morning. What's on your mind? This is the U105 phone-in. It wouldn't be a beautiful Monday morning, without a few words of wisdom from Robert. Good morning, Robert.
5: Ah, good morning, Frank. Frank, once again, it's good to be on the biggest show in the country, E105. Frank, I, I, I honestly believe that the councils have been very unfair to licensed premises regarding se- uh, the selling of alcohol uh, over the over the good uh, over the Good Friday uh, uh, Easter holidays. There's big restrictions on licensed premises to sell alcohol that can't open, I think it's about 3 o'clock in the day to about 11 o'clock at night, uh, where you and I, on Good Friday, we can push a trolley into a supermarket, fill it up with alcohol, and uh, go into off-sales, or we could get on the Dublin Enterprise and travel to Dublin and Good Friday uh, morning and drink alcohol on it, To me and honestly, I think the councils have been very unfair to the licensed premises and I think the councils have lost the track of thought here that these people are paying high rates, uh, high taxes, employing people and tourism is probably coming into its peak over the Easter holidays in
2: the plan think the councils. Yeah, but surely it's the department of communities that are responsible for legislation on on this. Uh, but I know when you're talking about authority generally. You, you feel that they're being uh, particularly hard with regards to with regards to the alcohol licensing.
5: Without a doubt, Frank. They're, they're, t- 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 truthfully, honestly, if you owned a licensed premises where sell, uh, you know, alcohol, pure alcohol, and no food, or food and alcohol, you're t- t- you must see this as getting treated very unfairly by the council, Frank. Yeah, there's no other way you can see it. Where you and I, once again, Frank, can go into supermarkets, off-sales, etc., and just fill up and take as much as we want.
2: That's uh, the way a lot of people uh, do see it, that the licensing laws uh, nationally across the the country are are seen as out of touch with where many people want to be. But not with everyone, because some people, of course, uh, would like it to be stricter than it is at this present moment in time. Whatever's on your mind, you're listening to The Right Station. This is U105. It is Frank Mitchell here with you through until the middle of the day on the U105 phone-in. And a little later, Carolyn will be steering you through from 12 until 3. If you'd like to go to the cinema, there's a chance for you to be a winner shortly. We'll be doing a bit of shouting, a bit of fun, a bit of crack. And you can win here, courtesy of uh, what we do on the mo- on the, the show in the morning.
0: U105, Frank Mitchell phone-in with Right Sofa Land. Fantastic, sofa
1: spectacular now on. Knock, Belfast and Calinchy.
2: Uh, some of you asking, Frank, who...
6: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door.
2: who is responsible for alcohol licensing is it the councils as Robert's saying or the Department of Communities as I'm saying it's the Department for Communities that are responsible, they're responsible for liquor licensing generally in Northern Ireland for the registration of the pubs the clubs and the the court would be responsible the courts of the land would be responsible for administering it and of course it's the the police, it's their responsibility uh, to ensure that all the regulations are enforced but it comes down from the Department Department for Communities, uh, not from the Councils. When, when Robert talks about the Councils, he's just talking about authority. That's why I said that to him. You, you mean authority, Robert, and he said yes, and then he went on to talk about the Councils again, even though I corrected him by saying the Department for Communities. So it is the Department, the Stormont Department for Communities. Uh, Frank has a point. Uh, good morning, Frank. Morning, Frank. How are you? Very well, sir. What's on your mind?
0: What's on my mind, I do believe that the laws in Northern Ireland in regards to liquor and shopping are totally antiquated Uh, for as long as I've been around, which is the best part of 50 years, uh, working in the licensing catering trade for over 30 of that. The laws are, I can go anywhere else on my holidays, whether it be America, Europe, wherever, and if I felt like having a beer at 10 o'clock in the morning with my breakfast, I could have it, there's no issue. Uh, actually, ironically, I haven't drunk for in excess of twenty years. So I just believe that we need to progress. We need to move on. Our laws need to be updated and brought into modern modern society. Frank,
2: would you like to see the pubs open all the time here?
0: Frank, it's it's about how you manage things. If the pubs are open all the time, uh, whether it be to serve breakfast or brunch pubs can't open until, say, 11am because they have uh, alcohol on show. So if they, if you go in for a pub for your breakfast, it's very difficult because they're turning around and going, well, what happens if somebody wants a beer? Sorry, sorry, can't serve you a beer. It's how you manage the things, Frank. Everything in moderation, as my mother, God rest her, would have said. I think we need to move on. You can certainly uh, legislate, but I do believe we do get dictated in this country. Uh, I don't mean to be offensive, but as I would class that is the Bible sort of bashers who don't believe that we should be drinking alcohol at the best of times. I actually don't drink, as I said to you. Yeah, well, I but, to on, but I think we need to move on, Frank. I think we need to get move forward.
2: But there's another element to it, and you mentioned shopping as well. It impacts on the workers. It impacts on the unions. It impacts on the people who have lives outside of work. If, for example, the major supermarkets are going to be open on a, on a Sunday morning, at the moment they're, they're not. Or indeed, the pubs and clubs are going to be open r- round the clock, like they might be in Ibiza. So, the, 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 there, there's more to it than what you say, the Bible Belt imposing themselves. There is some wisdom behind having a work-life balance.
0: Frank, we have a fantastic work-life balance here in our little province. What do you call it? If you go and take a look, say, for example, in America, shops Walmart 24 hours a day. People people need to work. It doesn't always suit people to work the Monday to Friday, nine to five, or whatever. There's some people have to have two, two jobs. There's some people, mummy goes out to work at eight o'clock in the morning and then daddy starts work at nine o'clock at night because they they have to do that. So there are always people keen to work, Frank. So to use that uh, as an excuse, I don't believe is, is fair. Uh, me personally, having worked in the latest license and catering trade for over 30 years, uh, the month of December, I average 75 or 80 hours a week work because people like yourself and the people that listen to your show all wanted to go out and enjoy themselves. Somebody has to work for that, but it's a choice that I made uh, and people that work with me made. We had as much crack working when people were out enjoying themselves and I got to pay my bills, I got to pay my mortgage, I got to buy my car. So it, it's that's not fair, Frank, to say that... it. Uh, I'm actually sitting outside fireside now, Frank, and I'm laughing going, they pay for that... Yet they can't open it until one o'clock on a Sunday. That's madness. That is absolute and utter madness.
2: Okay. Do you agree with Frank's analysis? You can feel free to let us know. Frank, uh, thank you indeed. O two eight nine zero treble three one o five. A Stephen is on this line. Stephen, good morning. Let us
0: know. Frank, thank you indeed. O two eight.
2: Stephen's obviously listening in a slight delay because that's the way we broadcast the programme to save ourselves selves from Egypt but um, Stephen is not one of them so I think he's now lifting the phone and he's going to have a conversation with me go ahead Stephen
6: oh it's me, I'm on there <coughs> are you Stephen? Hey, call us
2: you're, you're Stephen, let me double check you are Stephen? I am yes good man, what's on your mind Stephen?
6: I'll tell you what it is, uh, this guy called us Bible thumpers. I'm a Christian, right? And uh, uh, there's no harm, it doesn't say anywhere in the Bible not to take a drink, but it is a Christian-based country. And Good Friday should be a day of respect for the crucifixion, for the um, resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, you know, uh, at the end of the day, it should show a little respect for it, whether you're an atheist or whatever. Because the laws is based on Christianity. So I mean, that's one day in the year. They do it on Sundays. Easter used to be Sunday there was no opener at all. And now there is. So people are losing their respect, Frank. Are you with me? I,
2: I'm Hello? listening to what you're saying. I'm not sure that the bar's not been open at three o'clock on Good Friday emphasises respect for the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for as you would argue, for all, for all men and women, for all people. I think you can have as much respect with a bar being open or a bar being closed. I, I can't automatically see the link. You either have respect for the memory of Jesus Christ or you don't. It's not something that you're automatically going to have at 3 o'clock on Good Friday by making sure the bars are closed.
6: Uh, it's not that they're, they're just giving a wee bit of time. Usually the bars are open late at night. They, they keep the bars open because people like smelly drinking at night. Uh, I, I'm not knocking people for taking a drink, Frank. I really not. not. Uh, I would take an odd when of wine with my wife, now and again. But uh, it, it, I see the respect. They're losing respect now. The, the people is losing respect for Christianity. I, was, I told you, I was on the radio before about this. And they're, they're pushing it further and further. So all people are thinking about here is the money they're losing in the, in the pubs, which I, I, I understand that people can go and buy drink out of a supermarket, get the train to Dublin, all that there. And the pubs is getting hit, but I understand that, you know. But uh, I find people's losing respect for the, the, the main reason of Good Freddy, which is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's all I'm saying.
2: Yeah, but Stephen, if you have respect for that crucial Time in the Christian calendar, you're you're going to be yeah. at three o'clock in your place of worship you're going to you're going to be possibly at stations of the cross or you're going to be in mm-hmm. a church that will be reflecting on the death and resurrection of Christ you will be spending time with your bible on your knee reading about the holy week you you will be doing some of those things i can't think of many more examples th- than that if yeah, you yeah. are fully focused on that special day and that special date, you will buy into all of those opportunities. But not not everyone is. there. Are a lot of people are just going on with their lives. And Good Friday is the same as, you know, the fr- Friday before it or the Friday after it.
6: Yeah, well, you see, there's a, a Christmas day, for instance. You know, you get some pubs open on Christmas morning, but they don't open the whole day. You know what I'm saying? Why not get the same to Good Friday? That's what I'm saying, Frank. A Christmas day is, I know people who are atheists on the Christmas. To me they're <laughs> You know what
2: I'm saying? Yeah, but Steve do you not that. think do you not think that Christmas Day is different? Because Christmas Day is a full stop sort of day. Uh, people stop on christmas day they've nothing at all to do with christianity they stop because it's a day and some of them of course stop because of christianity and the birth of christ don't get me wrong but a lot of them stop Uh, because the family get together they have a big turkey they're going to have chocolates they're going to give out presents they're going to be under the same roof for the best part of 12 to 18 hours it's just a tradition that's what christmas is about good friday's not like that at all
6: well, it's just a different aspect of the, the work of Christ on this earth. You know, there's resurrection, his birth. You know, Christ uh, said the wrong words. Birth first, then his resurrection. You know, they're mm. important days. Frank, right? you know. Oh, I, listen,
2: as as Christians, to. I'm I'm yeah. not arguing with you. As a matter of fact, uh-huh. you can argue that Good Friday is a more important day than Christmas Day. That can be argued in the Christian faith. I'm not I'm not debating that at all with you. I totally understand where you're coming yeah. from. But what I am saying is. People buy into Christmas Day as a family day, as a rest day, as a fun day, as a crack day, as a religious day, whatever they buy into it for. There's a lot of different reasons why they all get together on Christmas Day. But on Good Friday, the majority of people just want to go on about their daily routine. But it is interrupted by Christian recognition. Yeah.
6: Yeah. Well, fair enough, Frankie. At least you didn't cut me off this time. You don't want all time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't imagine why. Why did I cut you off? Why? why? Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I <laughs> don't know. Maybe you were thumping. Uh, Maybe you were thumping that Bible. That's why you come on to to complain. And in the I end, you you, you I was a wee bit uh, different way. Sorry. You you know you, you 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 were complaining originally about someone saying the Bible was being thumped. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah which I don't uh, think people do anymore I think you know the the uh, the preacher standing be- beating his fist into the bible is a thing from the last century uh, century 2 centuries ago uh-huh
6: We're not that bad, you
2: know what I mean? (laughs) Not at all. No one's suggesting you are. The same with the guy who said Bible thumpers. I don't think for a moment he's denigrating in any way Christians. He's just talking about preachers. He's talking about people who, you know, stop you in the street and get their message across when you haven't time to to listen to it. You know, we have to... I think we have to accept conversation. And a Bible thumper is is part of it. it's It's an Ulster term. I don't think there's anything insulting... Insulting in it. Uh, Kieran's got a quick point. Good morning, Kieran.
0: No, good morning, Frank. Uh, it, isn't that the same with the, on Good Friday with the, the bookmakers as well? They all close. They don't open on a Good Friday. Is that not true?
2: They may. Do you know something? I've never put a bet on on a Good Friday. I'm not sure. I, I genuinely yeah, don't uh, know.
0: No, I'm near sure it, it doesn't open either. So with the bars not opening and the uh, obviously the bookmakers not open uh, uh, you know what I mean it's just, it's just there's nothing to do the bookmakers as well
2: <laughs> no you could hardly get through the day <laughs> but the the horse is not run on Good Friday
0: that's what I'm saying I, I don't think the the bookies is open on Good Friday I think it
2: closes because they used to say was that old yarn you know did Good Friday ever fall on Easter Sunday mm. that, that was the 2.20 no. at Chepstow <laughs> 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 no, but I'm, I, I
0: know. I, I think it is Good Friday that the, the the bookies aren't open. I'm near sure it
2: is. Well, I must look into that. I wasn't sure, Karen. It's a good question. It's well worth asking you boys that are at the bookies regularly. Does it? Does your bookmaking shop close on Good Friday? And if it does, does it only close in Northern Ireland, or is Karen just making this stuff up?
1: Planning for your next trip.